Welcome to the We Go There podcast. I'm Lexi. And I'm Nikki. And our favorite conversations are when someone starts by saying, this might be TMI, but... Exactly. We go there. Because no topic should be too taboo, especially when it comes to women's health. We ask the questions you may be too afraid to ask and interview the experts to get the answers you need. So we're doing this completely unfiltered. 100%. Okay, let's go there. We are thrilled to welcome registered nurse and certified lactation consultant, Carrie Bruno, to the podcast today. Carrie leads a team of 60 registered nurses across Canada, and she's committed to making parenting easier with empathy and non-judgmental support. Today, we're talking about breastfeeding and diving deep into the rhetoric of breast is best versus fed is best. And full disclosure, I have shed many tears over breastfeeding and exclusively pumped with my first baby. So this topic is pretty personal. Thank you so much, Carrie, for sharing your time with us today. Thank you for having me. Welcome. We're really excited to dive into this. Yes. There's a and, lot to talk And about. both Nikki and I, yeah, so both Nikki and I, I mean, Nikki pumped us exclusively. I, with your first Nikki and I, yeah. with Piper, was predominantly pumping as well. Um, and then Clark was easier. And I know Hendrick has been a lot easier in terms of breastfeeding, but yeah. I think we really want to dive into um like Nikki said, the fed is fed is best, best is breast is best. And I guess maybe just start there because you must hear this every single day and in, in what you do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I have the privilege of hearing women's and family stories every single day when it comes to feeding. Um and the pressure that comes alongside it because I feel like it's never just um, tell me what is happening. There's so much feeling and emotion attached to whatever they're experiencing in their feeding journey. And, you know, I, I just feel so deeply for all of these families that are struggling because I think that that's the ultimate challenge is that somewhere along the way of, um, like how you talk about it's we there's a lot of buzz around you know breast is best versus fed is best but what's come along beside it is the shame and the guilt if something just doesn't go right you know and i just my heart i don't i i i just feel overwhelmed for for these women because I think along the way we've we've missed the mark in the sense that with the words easy and natural because yes, breastfeeding is natural. Like nobody's going to argue that, but no, it's not always easy. Those aren't the same words. No. Amen to that. Oh my goodness. Right? What, you know, as a, so as a lactation consultant and a nurse, what do you think are some of the biggest things that you see parents struggling with when it comes to infant feeding? Okay. I think when uh, a family's expecting, there is so much excitement wrapped around the birth, rightly so. It's a, it's probably one of the biggest experiences that happens to us in our, in our lifetime. And I feel like as a society, there's a lot of like, let's plan for it. Let's, let's read all the books. Let's be really, really ready. You know, and I don't disagree. I think that's important, but I feel like the missing link is 
what about how are we going to feed this baby? Where's the plan there? You know, um, because you have just run the marathon of giving birth, however that looked for you. And now you have this little creature that you need to feed. And like I said, it's not always easy. Plus your emotional tank is really, you know, um, it's sensitive, right? You're tired and overwhelmed. And I just feel like um, sometimes that breast is best, that kind of message confuses women to think that they're, the, the, it will be easy, you know? And the reality is, is that sometimes, often, there's just a ton of hiccups, whether it's milk supply, sore nipples, the baby won't latch, you know, what is normal, what isn't? And then all of a sudden, these moms feel like they're um, being bad moms because feeding isn't going well. Exactly. Yeah. I think that that's such a key of, of like that last point that you said of like being bad moms, like not being able to do something that it's almost as society makes it seem like we're just like built to do and not being able to provide that to some, this new born baby that is just like all of our heart is into. Um, Yeah. I, I would love to share a story. Like I think about this, this mom, you know, and I, I still talk to her and this was a few years ago. Um, I was featured in a magazine because I wrote her story with permission. And so this woman had been through the gamut. Her baby was a few months old. I was not the first health professional that she reached out to. And she said, please, can you come? Can you help? Yes, of course I'll be there. And when I showed up, uh, her partner had taken the day off work and was almost physically holding her up at the door to meet me. And as a nurse, I, I'm trained to assess the entire picture. And uh, I could quickly see that this woman was a shell of herself, you know, and she told me her story and the empathy that I feel, I still feel for her because I know it's not just her story, is that she had tried everything to breastfeed her baby. You know, she had gone through it all at the expense of the relationship with her partner, with her baby and with herself. Like she, her mental health was struggling to the utmost. And I sat on the couch with her that day and I said, you know, it's okay if you give him a bottle. And she got emotional. And I realized in that moment, what she needed from me or what she needed from a health professional was permission, you know, and I, I carry that with me. And it's not to say that I go into a a virtual meeting with a mom or I go see somebody and I say, yeah, you, you should quit breastfeeding. (laughs) No, you know, that that's not what it's about. It's about listening and it's about what does that family need to be healthy And that's what she needed. And they send me a card on that baby's birthday every year because that was the day that she, you know, started to build that connection with her baby and heal herself, you know. And I just think about those women and those families that are struggling, but carry on down that path, not because they 
um, necessarily want to, but because they feel so much guilt and shame over stopping. And that needs to stop that shame and that guilt. So you did such a great, I thank you for sharing that story. I think Lexi and I are both getting emotional. (laughs) I still get emotional. Tears like goosebumps over my whole body. Oh, like just the amount you can feel that she needed that permission from you. I can like, of you being like, it's okay. And I'm sure people listening right now, and and maybe that's a, a great place to go next is like, what would you say to people who are listening that might be in that, in that type of position or, or maybe struggling with breastfeeding um, themselves? I would say that how you feed your baby does not define what kind of mom you are. The two are not related because like I say, I have the privilege of, of working with families every day and every single family I work with, I can tell they're consumed with their baby. They love them beyond measure, you know, to the point that they're reaching out to me, trying to solve all of these problems, you know, it's just not related. You know, how I'm a lactation consultant. I do this for, for a living. And my oldest boy I had to formula feed. I had, I did it all to the point that I was a shell of myself (laughs) and making that choice was attached with so much guilt and shame. I've walked that walk, but I also realized because he's older now that when I reflect back on that moment, that day I made that decision for me um, was a day that I started to heal because I was really, really struggling. And (sighs) I, I want I want to make sure that it's clear that I'm not telling everybody to stop breastfeeding because often there is a solution, you know, and we can work through it. Mm-hmm. But I think that the point is our job as health professionals, when we are helping families that are learning to feed their babies, isn't to tell somebody how to feed their baby, you know, because there's it's a sensitive time. And when you're tell, that's a really personal thing. It isn't up to me to tell somebody how their baby should feed or sleep or parenting. None of it. It's so personal. It's about listening. It's like, tell me, tell me what is happening and let me walk beside you while we figure this out together. And I think that that's where the culture around supporting women and families when it comes to their babies with feeding and parenting in general, that's the shift. And that I think that's what's kind of polarized us a bit is that you're either like team breastfeeding or team formula and there shouldn't be teams, you know? (laughs) Completely. Where does that, that polarization come from? Like, you know, like the whole breast is best versus where does that, because it feels like, you're absolutely right. It does feel like two camps and, you know, and, and I've shared even like in my own posts, sharing my own journey of, you know, feeling jealousy over looking at other people who look, you know, I perceive them to have such an easy like experience. I'm like, Oh, look at you're like this breastfeeding goddess. And here I am hooked up like a cow to this machine. You know, yeah. I feel like I'm failing, you know, and the, the emotions around that are huge and it's very difficult. And just feeling like even like bringing out a bottle in yeah. public and, in you know, people making assumptions about 
oh, it's formula. And then is that mean that, that that's bad? Like, it's just so, so dumb. The, no, first of all, no one's probably thinking anything. They're too wrapped up in their own stuff, but it's our <laughs> own imagination of what they're thinking. Right. Like I, I went through all of it. Yeah. I, I think it's multifaceted. One of the, the challenges is social media, right? Mm-hmm. It's a highlight reel. And you see beautiful images of, of families feeding their babies and it looks easy, but we don't necessarily know their story. I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of people talk about it. I think sharing stories is important. That's why I'm so glad to be here today. I think the other thing is that somewhere along the way, our our best of intentions as healthcare providers, sometimes that messaging gets perceived as shame and guilt because I don't think anybody's arguing the health benefits of breastfeeding of, of breast milk, right? Like, of course it's, um, you know, we produce it to feed our infants, right? It makes sense, but that doesn't have to be, that message shouldn't be transformed in a way that if you don't, or if you can't, then this is a subpar way to, mm-hmm. to parent, you know? And I think that like just yesterday I met with a, a mom who had been struggling and um, this was her subsequent baby. And she said, you know, Carrie, I saw two different um, health professionals when with my last baby and it just made me feel worse. And I thought, man, something needs to change. You know, we can do better because that's not what it should be about. It's like, if you hire me or anybody else, I want to hear you and I want to help you solve your problem, however that may look, you know, and I I hope that we can get there. Um, And I think the way to get there is to have more of these discussions where we're able to take out, um, you know, there's not like a score sheet when it comes to like how good of a mom you are in regards to how you feed your baby or how you choose to sleep with your baby or whatever it is. Right. And it's, let's change that. And I think discussions is like, this is the good first step. Totally. Totally. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's the how you feed them, how long you feed them that way for, right? Like it's also the length. Like I know it, it like how long did you breastfeed, you know, for when did you stop? Like all of those things are where you, you know, someone stops at one month, someone stops at six months. Like what is someone, someone formula feeds from day one, like why does that equal whether you've been a good mom to your baby and and that's the exact attachment right now that unfortunately I feel like it carries. Do you agree? Yeah, I I see I can see both lenses because there's also judgment for the women who choose to to nurse their babies into you know school age. Well, totally. Right? Yeah, yeah, like exactly. And, but it's like since when? How is this helpful in any which way? It isn't any of our business. What yeah. is our business is how are you, you know, as a, as a family, as a mom, you know, because I believe in order to have a healthy family, you need to have healthy parents, you know, and, and if this is consuming you, if 
if all you can think about is um, breastfeeding and all of the challenges, I would encourage you to do your research and reach out to somebody who's going to listen and hear you because there might be a solution, you know, and they're going to help you find what's the best plan for your family, looking at the entire picture. But If anybody's listening that's going through this right now, I want them to know that they're doing better than they think. You know, we are their, we're our own worst critics, you know, as as moms. And I, like I say, I see these, these families every day and I'm just like blown away at how, just how committed they are to their children. And I just think, man, if, if you could only know how I see you, you know? Um, so I, I don't know if that's an answer. No, I love that. I <laughs> oh, love that. It's all, so it's all whatever what needs here, whether it's in the past or present right now, <laughs> yeah. like I'm, I'm feeling better. I don't know about you, Nikki. <laughs> No, okay. totally. I wish I got, I wish I had spoken to you three years ago. Okay. I, I would have burst into like a hot mess of tears and be like, just hold me, Carrie. <laughs> hold me. It's true. Oh. And uh, I don't know. I'm here for it. And you're, I can just, the empathy is palpable. Yeah. It really is. I, um, I feel emotional every time I talk about it, whether it's with <laughs> you guys or with a mom, because I, I just, I can feel how thick it is. on on these women that are struggling just because the ownership that they take that if, if, if something's not working, it's their fault, you know? No, no. Mm -hmm. I love that. I was on a podcast once about this and there were three of us and we were all talking about our nursing journey and we all had struggled in some way. One person had had um, a breast reduction. One, it was me who did exclusively pumping because of latch issues. And then another woman who actually had had issues, but ended up through lots of, of help being able to nurse. And I remember that one of the things that came up was from the woman who was able to nurse was, you know, sometimes you just have to really keep trying, I think, which is true, mm-hmm. but there, I do believe also that there are going to be scenarios where no matter how hard you quote unquote try, it's not going to happen and yeah. it's okay to let it go, right? Like your sanity and your mental health matters. For example, the woman who had a breast reduction did not produce enough milk, wasn't going to happen you know, and that's okay. I, I think this, it just comes down to the message of it's not up to me to tell you to try and to try and to try or anybody else or the internet, social media, whatever. It's like, what do you need to be? Okay. Do you, do you want to try something else? Do you want to reach out to somebody else? Um, is that what you need or do you need to shift plans? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it, she's not wrong. Like often there is a solution, but that doesn't mean that's the only solution is to keep looking for 67 more solutions till you find the one that works. (laughs) Like some families it's different because it isn't as simple. If, if we were all the same, then that would make sense. But Mm -hmm. we all have different circumstances. We all have different physiology. (laughs) So do our infants. And um, we got to take that all into account. And I, I, I say it all the time, but I, I, I believe so wholeheartedly in grace. You know, I think that we're pretty good at giving it to others, 
but what about ourselves? Like, it's funny to me because I could take my own advice, like with my own two kids, I'm still some, I, I have to make that conscious choice, um, to, to give myself grace, you know, I, and I, I encourage anybody who's listening to be, whether we're, you're listening and and you're struggling with breastfeeding or, you know, it's a different parental struggle that you're moving through. It's like, man, do you love your kids? Mm -hmm. You know, I I don't doubt it for a second. And and that's what matters. So give yourself some grace. So, so beautiful. And it's the common thing we hear, Nikki, is like the compassion grace piece we need to have for ourselves that we have so much for our kids and, and everyone around us. But I'm going to, this is going to be an episode that I put in our prenatal resources because I want pregnant women to go into this and not to be like, oh crap, they all said it was going to be really hard, (laughs) but more in so like that they understand that like it's a process and it's not just because it's natural doesn't mean it's going to come naturally. Doesn't mean, you know, like it, there is, it's, it's not just like you know, and, and yes, can it be the easiest thing ever? I can report that it, you can have two polar opposite experiences and do nothing differently, right? <laughs> like my second kid came out of the womb and was just like a boob monster. No issues, no pain. It was amazing. I mean, I did get mastitis twice, but that's a side note. Um, <laughs> no big wait, deal. Not a big deal. Worst pain ever. But, um, you know, and maybe we'll just touch a little bit on that because I think that might be a good information to share regarding, and, and just back to my story, I'm going on a tangent here on my status, but my first daughter, many of you probably know if you're listening, she, it was toe curling pain. I had just had this awesome, empowering, unmedicated vaginal birth. It was a beautiful thing. And then all of a sudden put this little piranha on my boob. It turns purple <laughs> in 20 seconds and I'm crying bloody murder. Oh, yeah. And so it's like, oh my God, you know, like, it's just, yeah. it's just, how is it that I could get through that that birth and that, you know, and the pain from nursing was 10 times worse than giving birth? And yeah. I've heard that so many times, like from <laughs> friends of mine as well, saying like the nursing was at, like they would give birth 100 yeah. times over than the nursing pain that they experienced. Uh, and I, this kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier about birth plans, right? We really plan for birth. I love, like my favorite course for us to teach is our prenatal breastfeeding workshop. We also do formula and pumping workshops as well, but because you are in learning mode when you are pregnant with Mm -hmm. that baby, right? It's like, give Mm -hmm. it to me. And um, I don't know if there's been research done, but I think there should be if there hasn't, because that is the biggest indicator, I believe. If you can take in that information when you're here for it, it's so much easier to to see, to to have perspective when you're in it, right? Mm-hmm. Like if if you're if you're told before you have the baby and you're exhausted and emotional and all of the things that it could go this way, and if that happens, do this, then it, like to discuss all the different pathways it can take. Yeah. It's I feel like it's really easier to process that and not internalize it as much because knowledge is power. And so I do think that that's one of the things that we can do is give more of that information when families are still expecting because it's easier to process then than when you're tired and overwhelmed and already worried you're not doing a good enough job. (laughs) 
It's so true. I'll tell you a quick story. So we were in the hospital, first, first baby, piranha. I'm going to call her the piranha. Bless her heart. Love her. But she <laughs> literally destroyed my nipple in 20, 20 seconds flat. Yeah. And I remember being like, and my husband felt obviously like helpless. Like, oh, what do we do? We're in the hospital, whatever. You're going to hear my little one in the background right now. But it's okay. He's fine. But but just this, this all of a sudden he's like, we bought the formula. I'm going to go. And we hadn't brought it to the hospital, but we were like, oh, he'll, he's like, in his own infinite wisdom, I'm going to drive home, get the formula, come back to the hospital. And that way my wife can sleep and my, my kid will be fed. And this is how I'm going to help. That's what he thought. All right. And I had bought formula and I had done all the research. What's the best organic formula? La la la. So I had (laughs) ordered this like powdered goat formula from New Zealand. Okay. Organic. This is what I thought. So he shows up to the hospital with this powdered formula and the nurse is like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just, I just need to make some formula. She's like, you can't give a newborn powdered formula. He's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Idea. And of course, I didn't know about hand expressing colostrum and how you could even potentially freeze that. I had had tons of colostrum. I should have been doing that, harvesting it when I was still pregnant. Didn't know, you know, like, so you're absolutely right. There's so much information that pregnant women can get. Wait, you can harvest it when you're pregnant? Yeah. Hey, this might honestly that. my number one tip. When So I, if someone has struggled previously with nursing or they just, really want to be prepped and ready. And obviously you need to check with your healthcare provider because there's different reasons why you couldn't per se, but it's exactly that. You express milk while you're still pregnant and you freeze it. (laughs) And the cool part is, is that there have been studies that show that it increases your ability to breastfeed like exponentially. And I think honestly, one of the biggest reasons is you figure out how to handle your breasts. Like if it's your first baby, yeah, you haven't really done that before, you know, no. and that's, and then you've had the baby. Like I say, you've run the marathon of birth and then the nurse comes in and is like, okay, now we're going to hand it to breast. And you're like, okay, sorry, sorry, what? You know, like that's a lot to take in. So again, the more you can do while you're mm-hmm, still expecting, mm-hmm. it just makes the process so much easier. You know, I wish I knew that. That's amazing. <laughs> especially Clark, I had I would wake up and be like drenched in bed. And oh my gosh, it's so good because you can take it with you to to yeah. the hospital. Like your husband Nikki wouldn't have had to. Run I would have to go home like, and get the powdered formula that we couldn't have even give given her. It's so yeah. so sweet. And these are the things that like I learned just by going through a shitty experience the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You learn more the second time. But I'm like, what? How amazing would it have been had I? walked in to my first delivery knowing that, you know? Yeah. And just knowing all, like, yeah, I think it's great that you do that type of pre-course that women can take because I was to say, like, Piper was like Hendrick when she came out, she was all of a sudden was like, right on my boot. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? (laughs) No one told me this. Like, I had no idea that that could happen. Um, And and fortunately did. And then maybe, you know, she was, she just wasn't into them after that really. Yeah. 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 She gave him a try. Like, and then I'm, like, I'm not so sure about this, yeah. but it was, um, but like, it's just having that knowledge of something that is so, you know, like you said, Nikki, it's like a natural thing, but 
we don't know what we're like, we don't know what we're doing. And it, it just completely is like, oh my goodness, like what's going on here. Uh-huh. And then your milk coming in and then all of a sudden you're crying. Like, all oh of- yeah. Oh, I have another story. I have another story. Really helpful. Story time. So I have a friend, I ended up, and this is something too, a lot of people may not realize, like I actually used my friend's double pump. So she gave it to me and I just got new pump parts for it. Like I didn't buy a new pump. She had had twins. She was done. She's like, take my pump. It was perfectly good, expensive pump. So I just got new like tubing and flanges and stuff. And so she came over to my house when I was still pregnant before my first was born. And I was like, oh my God, like this is overwhelming. How do I put this thing together? It looks like a weird robot contraption. And she was laughing, of course. Like she at this point had had three kids, a singleton and twins. She's like a veteran mom. And she's helping me do it. So I put it on. And I remember, I think I was probably 37 weeks pregnant. And I was like, okay, we're just going to try it. Like I need to, I want to know what it feels like. <laughs> so I'm sitting at the kitchen table, put the pump on. And I, and I had no idea. And I, I, she hit the on switch. I swear <laughs> to God, I was like, ah, like I just, it was like the strange, I had no idea. I was like, oh my God. And she just, of course, bursts into laughter. And not only did, was that, that it, it shocked me, like the, the actual force of the suction, but I started, milk started coming out and I was like colostrum, right? When I was still 37 weeks pregnant, I was like, what was, what was that? And you know, like, it was like, like my head was blown. And of course the fact that you want to wait, Carrie, please jump in here at any time. You don't want to do that too early because it can stimulate labor, right? It's, it's around 36 to 37 weeks. And okay. It just depends on like there's if you're at risk of preterm labor or depending on where your placenta is, um, is is the reason why you want to check before you do it because there are a few cases where you don't, but most of the time it's okay. And the cool part is we're talking about it more. Mm-hmm. You know, you probably see it more on social media, and uh, I love hearing stories about how it was such a game changer. Uh, and I think it just comes down to they feel comfortable with their breasts, their body already knows like, Hey, this is what we're doing, you know, and I, their milk comes in faster. And there's been some studies that show that their, their milk supply, if they do this at the end of their pregnancy is actually higher three months down the road, you know? So it's cool. It it can be a a total um, trick up your sleeve. If, if this is what you're looking for, if you're looking to breastfeed your baby. Yeah. Yeah. What are some Tips. Yeah. Were you, were you asking questions? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Need more. I mean, I didn't even know about this one. So like, I've had okay. um, I think my other big one, I, I think the funny part is my kids, I have two boys, they're nine and 13. I think they'll be able to coach somebody through what I call the nipple sandwich. Like they could help with breastfeeding. Cause I say the word, the phrase nipple sandwich 400 times a day. <laughs> um, But I think one of the biggest things, so when we're nursing our babies and when we're learning, we want to put our fingers too close to our nipple. And so I always say, where you put your fingers, move them back. So you want to have lots of room around your nipple uh, more than you think you do. And then what you holding do a nipple is, right now, by the way, you're yeah. holding a stuffed nipple. I'm holding, I, I, I forgot it's a podcast and whipped it out with <laughs> such ease. Like it was just like there, here's a nipple. It's not mine, but you know, yes. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and then squeeze because you know what your baby's learning. So if you can make a nipple sandwich, what that means is it gives them more stuff to hang on to. 
you know, while they're learning. I'm taking a picture. Okay. Wait, hold that up. <laughs> Wait, what? No, no. <laughs> this is Do too funny. Keep, just it work? Pretend I'm not. Anyways, because <laughs> I think the movies, social media, whatever, portrays kind of like, oh, he's just going to come and he's going to latch. And some babies do, but not all. (laughs) So that's like the trick that you can like move your fingers way back and then squeeze because it gives them, it helps your baby. And then hang on to that while they learn. And eventually, you know, it's the middle of the night, it's dark and he'll find it all by himself, you know. But at the beginning, the nipple sandwich it's a big one. So basically don't try to, when you're, cause sometimes you have to, I remember, give the baby your nipple, right? right? Like at the beginning, they're trying to find it, but hold the larger part of the breast. Don't just like pinch the nipple. Don't pinch the, don't just try to put the nipple in. You want to move way back and then squeeze and then bring the baby to the breast. Yeah. I, I love it. Uh huh. And I wish everyone could see what is actually going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's so good. It's so good. It's but yeah. this is this is a, you're an amazing teacher, and these are yeah. things that I mean. Another thing too, I remember there's this feeling, and your back is hurting so much because you're leaning forward trying to dangle your boob in the kid's yeah. mouth, and you're in this weird Quasimodo oh. position, and it's not painful. It's very painful. Do you know another one? I'll give another one. Um, it was so funny. I read yesterday or the day before, like, if you could teach about anything for 30 minutes, what would it be? I'd be like, oh, yeah, nipple sandwich, like <laughs> breastfeeding. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about it. But I think a common misconception um, as far as positioning uh, for it's like a I don't know where this came from, is that football hold, which is when you tuck your baby in beside you like you're carrying a football, is for women with large breasts. Well, I'm going to call that as untrue. You know, I think it is the best position when you are learning to feed your baby, regardless of how your breasts, what size Mm. they are. And the reason why is that you have so much more control. Mm -hmm. You can see what's going on. And then, so tuck your baby in beside you, but then tuck her in even more because what we do as moms sometimes when we're learning is we hold our fingers too close to our nipples and we have our babies too far in front. So you take their cute little nose and I want you to line it up to your nipple, not mouth to nipple, but nose to nipple. I know these are hard tips probably when people are listening, but no, that's easy to say nose to nipple, nose to nipple and tuck that baby in so far, um, just kind of belly to belly with you on the side like a football. It's great. And anything else you would say to women who are preparing to breastfeed? Okay. Um, What's your game plan? I've got a lot of sports analogies in the last minute or so. (laughs) Game plan. Um, I would just say that, like, who are you going to call if you hit a speed bump? Is it, um, do your research, who, who is going to listen to you if you're struggling? Because you know what? Your baby is 12 hours old, but you know her the best, you know, you know, your circumstance the best. So find somebody who's going to hear you, hear what the challenge is. And then, like I said, walk beside you to figure it out, whether it's your mom, your friend or a healthcare provider. I have that in your mind because doing like the random Google search at 3 a.m. is is a tough place to start. It's hard. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think after this, a lot of people are going to call Carrie, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> good, true. good. Well, the thing is, there's, we all, the cool part is like we're in Canada and the United States and, and we all come from diverse nursing backgrounds, diverse life experiences. But we, the one thing we share in common is exactly that, that, you know, we know that this isn't easy. This parenting gig is like a challenge and a half, you know, and it isn't up to us. <laughs> To, we're not making the problem any better by telling somebody what they should be doing. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's amazing. And, and all of your advice today has been so, so great. So and helpful. I'm sure very helpful for a lot of moms and moms to be out there. Um, and so can you tell people, because I'm sure they're wondering where can they find you? Sure, sure. So they can find us at themamacoach.com. So M-A-M-A. And on Instagram, um, at the dot mama dot coach. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> we love you. Thank you, Carrie, for Thank everything you. that you do. And, uh, and I will be definitely recommending all of my students listen to this and, you know, know exactly how to reach out for help if they need it. Awesome. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at WeGoTherePodcast and check out WeGoTherePodcast.com for more info.